Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. We got a beautiful letter from some folks in Indiana. I won't mention their name, but some folks in Indiana just this past week with a, with a, with a very substantial gift to the church. And we're very, very grateful to God and to them for their support. So please pray for us. I always say prayer is really the most important thing because prayer will bring resources, but resources will never substitute for prayer. Amen? Amen. 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 So thank you for it all. Praise God. All right, I want to remind everybody, in fact, I think this may be the first time I'm, I'm announcing this because we've had some glitches get in the way, but Stan, staying true to America's national destiny, will be holding uh, our annual, really the second annual, we started this uh, for our, in our 12th year, thinking that we would be, at 10th year actually, thinking that we would be doing it every year. And then, lo and behold, COVID kicked in. Um, and so we're going to be doing it for the, 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 really the second time uh, when we would hope that this would have been the third, but we'll be doing it for the second time, actually the fourth. We'll be doing it for the second time on May the 17th at the Tyson's Corner Marriott in Northern Virginia, Tyson's Corner, Virginia. So I ask you all, put that on your calendars. We're going to need all of your help. And we're asking all of our, our uh, live stream viewers to plan to join with us. We're going to be honoring some wonderful people and uh, talking about the work of Stan and, uh, and, and gathering with supporters from all over the country. When, when we did this the first time, I think we had over 200 people there from all over the country, and we're looking forward to an even bigger event this time. So that's May the 17th, Tuesday, May the 17th in Northern Virginia. Put it on your calendars now. Um, I trust that all of this COVID hysteria will have diminished by then, and everybody will feel comfortable traveling. And not that, I mean, I feel comfortable doing it now, but... <laughs> But uh, but that that most people will have gotten into the real swing of things, as you all can see all over the country. Indeed, in Canada right now, they've got a big crisis because of the truckers. People are saying enough, enough with the lockdowns, enough with the masking mandates, enough with the vaccine mandates. Leave us alone. Let us make our own decisions. Enough with the banning of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine enough of the banning of monoclonal antibodies leave us alone let our doctors and us determine what the best course of action is and let us do what we think we need to do that's best for ourselves and our families i think if we had done that in the first place we'd be a lot farther along than we are right now you all know don't you that africa has a much lower incidence much much poor continent many poor countries mostly people living beneath what we call our poverty line, and yet they have had a much lower incidence of uh, COVID cases and deaths. How do you explain that? There's only one way to explain it, therapeutics. They're taking the hydroxychloroquine, they're taking the ivermectin, they're doing it on a regular basis, and so few people even got infected. Because there's no way in the world they're richer than we are. So you would think that America would be in, on the cutting edge, in the forefront of keeping the cases low. And there are far more people in Africa than there are in America, so we can't play that game either. Uh, so how do you explain that? You explain that because they didn't have the heavy hand of a central government saying, you can't take this and you can't take that and you've got to wait for this and you've got to lock down and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And so they've gone on with their lives and done the things that they were already doing using some of those repurposed drugs 
and it has helped Africa to be far healthier through this COVID pandemic than the wealthiest nation on earth, the United States of America. There's only one way to explain that. We've mismanaged it. Our officials have mismanaged it. And by the way, just so everybody knows, I am not saying COVID is not real. It is a real disease. Uh, I have some, well, I won't get into that right now, but I've got some real issues about how this thing arose. I do not believe it came from nature. I believe this thing was created in a laboratory, but I'll get into that uh, at another time. Maybe I'll get into that a little bit in my message. But, but at any rate, we need to, to pray and believe God for the end of this thing and get back to our lives. Amen? Get back to our lives. Yeah, take, take you know, look, you do what feels right to you. Take reasonable precautions. It is a real disease. People who have comorbidities, people who are more susceptible, and some people who may not even know it, who have immune deficiency problems, um, yeah, they, they, can, they, they have to watch themselves. Amen? Amen. But, I get, but, but here's the other side of this coin nobody wants to talk about. Some people are susceptible to the vaccine. They have to watch themselves. Because, you know, the vaccine has killed thousands of people. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here again, you won't hear that coming from the CDC, but it's a fact. And debilitated many people, caused many people to get ill. So uh, we, we, have, we have grossly mismanaged this thing. And, and I just pray that we will finally get back to letting people make their own decisions based upon the, the best information that they can obtain rather than relying upon agencies that are censoring information that you don't, they don't want you to have. They just don't want you to have it because they don't want you making the decision. They'll make the decision for you. Thank you very much. Who do you think you are? A free individual? <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Do what we tell you to do. And, uh, and, and saints, that, that's been the cause of a much greater disaster than anything that I think we would, we would have had if we had followed some common sense approaches and left it in the hands of individuals with good information to make their own decisions. I think we'd have been, we'd have been much farther along in ending this thing and we would have few, far fewer deaths and far fewer people. I mean, can you imagine that? You've got to sue the hospital to get your loved one a therapeutic when they're on their deathbed? And the hospital says, no, no, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not allowed. Well, my loved one's dying. What, what's the problem? Not that we, we no, that you, that you can't, we, we're not giving that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is criminal. It's murderous is what it is. Um, all right. Okay. Well, having said more than I intended to say about that, <laughs> let's get to the next series. Now, I'm very excited about this because I can tell you all that for probably 20 years, maybe even longer, um, I have been looking forward to teaching what I'm going to teach starting today and really just never got the release from God to do it. He was giving me other things to do. And as long as you got God is saying, no, I want you to talk about this, I'm going to talk about that. And, and so in praying about, okay, Lord, I just wrapped up the series on what do you see? What, what do you want me to teach about next? I've been praying and talking about this and the Lord finally brought me to this. God said, I want you now to teach about the last days, to teach about the last days. And that's what this series is called, The Last Days. And we're going to be teaching as our base primarily from the book of the Revelation. The book of the Revelation. Our key text is Revelation 1, chapters, verses 1 through 3. 
And if you have that with me, you can, you can follow along. If you have that, you can follow along with me. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified, signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Amen. Now we're going to cover in this the entire book of Revelation. So I have no idea how long this is going to take and obviously it's going to be interrupted by other things that we, we're going to be teaching about. We've got Resurrection Sunday coming up. Um, we may do something special next week around Valentine's Day and so forth. But this is going to be my base series for the foreseeable future. So let me make a couple of introductory points. The first point I want to make is this. Yeah, why now? Why now? Because here again, something I've really been wanting to do, but I don't just come and tell you all what I want to say. I have to pray and seek God's face and have God reveal to me what he wants me to say. So I come to you with a sense of conviction. This is what the Lord wants me to talk about. And I ask God, not only what do you want me to say, but how do you want me to say it? So I trust God for what he wants included. I can't include everything in any series. So I ask God to show me what does he want to include? What, 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 need, what are the points of emphasis that he wants me to give? So I don't just come and just say, well, I, I want to talk about this now. That's not the way it works. Shouldn't work that way for any preacher, but unfortunately there are some out there that does. Um, so why now? We are living in a time, um, and, and our country is emblematic of this, when we are facing multiple crises all at once. I mean, think about this on the foreign policy level. We just came out of a crisis in Afghanistan where 13 brave military people were murdered in a, what was nothing less than a, a complete debacle. Uh, with poor planning, uh, getting our people out, leaving and leaving our people there. Some of our people are still there trying to get out. Horrible situation. Now we've got Putin on the border of Ukraine and, and uh, our, this administration is making noises about you know, what they're going to try to do to put a stop to him. Then you've got China making noises about Taiwan that we have a relationship with. And, and what would we do if they decided they were going to simply march into Taiwan and take over? Uh, so we've got crises on the foreign policy level. Our, our southern border is, does, is non-existent. It just doesn't exist. We don't have a southern border for all practical purposes because people are just coming across willy-nilly. I mean, they come, they show up at Border Patrol, they turn themselves in, they, they, they uh, give them a data report for, for, uh, to court, sometimes months or even years from now, and then release them into the country. And you and I, taxpayers, are financing their transport. We put them on buses, on airplanes, and fly them to wherever they want to go. So we don't have a southern border for all practical purposes. They're telling us about 2.4 million people came into our country illegally this year, uh, but I think it's more than that. We've been hearing for the last 30 years we have 11 million illegal immigrants. That, how does that math work? We've probably got about 30 million, that's my estimate, about 30 million illegal immigrants into the country. In other words, people who are here illegally. And now you've got places like uh, California and I think Washington and New York that wants to let non-citizens vote. When a, when a nation no longer has borders, it ceases to be a nation. 
sooner or later, I mean, it breaks down. Because what you have is you have people flooding in who have no loyalty to the nation itself. They don't even belong to it. They're just here to, to make the most of it that they can, but while they can. Um, and we're seeing what the, the, the terrible results. Some of this crime wave is the result of illegal immigrants crossing the border. I mean, we've got people from 100 countries coming across our southern border. It's not just it's people that say, you're anti-Hispanic. It's not just Hispanics. We, we're, we're picking up. Syrians and, and Afghanis and, and Eastern Europeans, we're picking, people are getting caught crossing the border from all over the world because they know if you want to get into America, go to the southern border and they're not going to stop you. You just walk in. We got that. We got an inflation crisis. We've got the highest rate of inflation since 1982. And I remember that. It was horrible. Every time you went to buy something, it was more expensive than it was the week before. And unfortunately, we had a president who was lecturing us about the malaise among the people. I'm thinking to myself, no, it's not our malaise. It's your malaise. You need to get your act together is what you need to do. And we got the same situation now. You can't print money and you can't keep throwing money into the economy and then, then be shocked at inflation. And then lie to the people. Remember we were told a year ago, oh, this is transitory, very temporary. Here we are a year later, uh, well, maybe not as transitory as we thought. So we've got, we've got multiple, and then we got the crime wave. I mean, every day it seemed we see some horrendous incident. I mean, some horrible act against some innocent person. Uh, carjackings have elevated to now where they're following people to their house and doing a home invasion and carjacking at the same time. Women, all women being punched on the street, knocked out, pushed into the, in front of the subway for just for nothing, just because I can. People walk in the stores, take what they want and walk out. And here again, I won't spend a lot of time on this, but just as a footnote. We were told last year after the horrible event of George Floyd's death, which was a horrible situation, as I've said many times, Derek Chauvin is exactly where he belongs. He should be in jail for what he did, and he is. But we were told the police are the problem. Not that this, these, you know, there are certain incidents that happen that we have to address, but no, no, the police are the problem. We got, oh, we got to defund the police, dismantle the police. Well, some of that happened. Budget cuts, retirements. We have a recruitment crisis in the country. Who wants to be a cop under these circumstances? And guess what we've got? Crime running rampant. Because criminals aren't that dumb. They know if there are fewer police to do anything about it. And they know if you've got prosecutors financed by George Soros, that demonically possessed individual who, who is getting people elected who won't put criminals in jail, you're going to have more murders, you're going to have more rapes, you're going to have more robbers, you're going to have more lawlessness. And that's what we've got. I mean, so we've got crises, and then you've got this whole thing with, with, the, with children being taught to, how to be transgenders and, 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 and critical race theory. And, you know, if you're, if you're a, a, a white child, you're an oppressor. If you're a black child, you're a victim. Or, or as they put, like to put it, people of you're a person of color, and you know, I'll hate that phrase. Because I've never met a person without color. Have you? <laughs> Please. I mean, it's just, just it's, it's ridiculous. So, 
in the midst of all that, guess what we've also got? We have now an epidemic of mental illness. We got suicides on the rise. We've got depression uh, and, and all kinds of issues that are now happening with people as a result of the pressures that they're facing, that they're dealing with. And you know, the Bible says iniquity would abound, the love of many would wax cold, and Jesus said all these things would happen, some of which we're gonna get into. And, and so what I wanna say to you as we launch into this is, you know, we better make sure that our anchor holds and grips the solid rock. We better make sure that we know who we are in Christ Jesus. Because you know, I said on my radio program not too long ago, I don't lose a wink of sleep. Amen. I lay down and sleep like a baby. <laughs> I mean, it's not that I don't know these things are serious, but I know who I am in Christ Jesus. And I'm not, I'm not worried about COVID. I'm not worried about the crime wave. Now look, I'm, I, I, I have a, a desire to do whatever I can to try to alleviate the suffering of my fellow citizens, but I'm not worried about a thing because, because of what the word says. I dwell in the secret, you and I, we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And, and saints, look, let's face it. These authorities wanted to inspire a spirit of fear to get people to go along with whatever they wanted people to do about this COVID thing, and they successfully did it. There are a lot of people walking in fear right now. I mean, just, and, and look, saints, even though here again, it's a real disease with real impact on real people, 96% of the people who've passed away, now that still leaves some that are mysterious, or we don't know, but 96% of the people who passed away from this disease had at least three comorbidities. In other words, three other things wrong that could kill them. They had emphysema or, or, or asthma or, or, or obesity, or, or, or they already had heart disease, or they already had other respiratory illnesses. And this thing comes along as an opportunistic infection, infection and creates more problems for them. Now that's not to diminish the importance of those individuals, but when you step out and you announce to the world, everybody's gonna die, you better watch out. But that's not true. You're masking children all day long, and children are the least susceptible. And the death rate of COVID is about 1.4% on average. About 1.4%. But let's face it, we've been taught like, it's gonna kill everybody, and we're all about to die. So you better do what we tell you to do. Wear a mask. Now we're told, well, the mask may not be that effective, but <laughs> wear one anyway. And you got kids wearing masks six to eight hours a day? That's ridiculous. When parents are rising up and they call the parents terrorists for getting, getting up in arms and saying, I don't want my child wearing a mask six. So, so let's face it, fear has been a tool to manipulate people. Amen? But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. So look, generally speaking, the world is heading into greater and greater levels of chaos. So you and I as Christians better know who we are. So as this stuff is swirling around us, we can give people an answer rather than breaking down with them. Oh, oh it's so terrible. I don't know what I'm going to do. Here's some Christian. Yeah, me too, man. I don't know. You ought to know. You ought to be able to say, oh, why? Well, 
there, we just say, there's a remedy. Huh? Yeah. What? Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I know I'm not religious. Well, neither am I. But I have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that's what makes the difference in my life. Amen. That's why, that's why I, I don't need to see a psychiatrist. Amen. That's why I'm not contemplating suicide. Oh, so well, who wants to live in a world like this? Hey, I got, a, I got a purpose in this world. God put me here. <laughs> so as long as he wants me here, I want to be here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Paul said, look, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, but I know to remain here is for more needful for you. So what did he do? He stayed. <laughs> Glory to God. So saints, as we get into this, this is not so we can develop a whole bunch of head knowledge about the last days, but so that we can know how to live in the midst of a wicked and sin sick world. Amen. And, and we know how to live without being worried and not about being fretful and without being, you know, hysterical about what's going to happen next. And, and we, we, we are immune from all of that by the blood of Jesus being indwelt by the spirit of God and the confidence that the word of God gives us in who we are. Psalm 112, one of my favorite Psalms, it says that the one who delights himself in the law of the Lord is not afraid of evil tidings. In other words, he doesn't turn on the news and start shaking because his heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Amen. Amen. So that's that's point number one. The, the next point I want to make is this. Just a couple of just housekeeping things to get this started in the right way. This is not the book of Revelations. Christians commonly say that. It's not. That's not what it says. It is the book of the Revelation. The word in the Greek there for the title of the book is the Apocalypse or Apocalypsis. And it means the, the, the revealing of things heretofore unrevealed or heretofore covered or heretofore unknown. Now these things are being uncovered. They're being revealed. They're being made known. It is the revelation. Amen? Amen. 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 And the second thing is, it's not the revelation of John. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. What's the, what's the first verse open saying? The revelation of Jesus Christ. And for years, Christians have called this, probably, I don't know, for hundreds of years, Christians have called this the revelation of John. It's not. I mean, we can read. <laughs> It says the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, John was simply the one God used to reveal these things to us. But it's clear that the person who is doing the revealing is Jesus Christ himself. Amen. 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 All right. And just one more introductory point, And it's this. This book is unlike any other in, in more ways than one. But I want to point out one way and which is unlike any other book in the Bible. Notice what it says. It says he sent and signified it to his angel, by his angel to his servant John. That word signify really sets forth one of the distinctions that this book has over others, which is it is primarily symbolic. Not every verse, not everything, but it is primarily symbolic. 
In other words, he gives John visions. And John sets forth those visions for us. And those visions have to be interpreted, have to be understood. Amen. Unlike most books of the Bible, I mean, it's very, it's very straightforward. You know, here's what God is saying to his people. But in this case, God is giving us visions. He's giving us a picture of what the end times are going to look like and how the end times are going to unfold. And that picture is primarily symbolic, which means that you can get a lot of people arguing over this. Because a lot of people interpret things different ways. So let me just say right off the bat, you all know, I don't do that. Because look, there may be people, for, for, for example, some of you probably know this, but we've got premillennialists, postmillennialists, and amillennialists in the church. I am a premillennialist. Premillennialists are predominant. Most Christians believe that the rapture will happen before the millennial reign of Christ. But some believe that the, 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 the catching away of this, well, actually, they don't even believe in the catching away, but they just believe that the millennial reign of Christ will begin uh, kind of on its own. Not we get caught up, the, the, the uh, pre-trib, the, the tribu great tribulation happens, and then the, the reign of Christ begins. So basically that Christ comes twice, once to get us, and then once for judgment on the earth. Once to catch us away, and then comes back after the great tribulation to set the world straight again for his thousand year reign. And the post-millennialists believe that the thousand year reign takes place sort of at the end of all of that, rather than the way we believe that we're going to be caught up. Essentially, they don't believe there's a rapture. They don't believe there's any catching away. And then the amillennialists don't believe that there's a millennial reign at all. Now, you could fight with folks on this. But it's a waste of time. Amen. Because, first of all, whichever way you believe, the most important thing is how you live. Amen. I think some people who are post-millennials or amillennials believe that we Christians who are pre-trib somehow are escapists. Get us out of here, Lord. Get us out of here. And we're just kind of marking time until we get out of here. But that's not true. Jesus said, occupy till I come. And we're going to live until that happens. Amen. We're going to live until he comes. Praise God. We're going to do what he has for us to do until he comes. Well, that's what everybody ought to be doing, no matter what you believe about that. Amen. And look, there's nowhere in the Bible you find that your entry in heaven is based upon your pre-trib eschatology or your tribulation eschatology. Oh, wait a minute. You come to the throne. What do you believe about the tribulation? No, it's whether you have faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So I just want to get that out there. So we're not also trying to stir up some kind of debate with people or anything like that. And I don't argue with folks about it. I think, like I said, pre-trib is predominant in the body of Christ. But there are people who don't believe in, in, in uh, the rapture or the tribulation happening before the millennial reign of Christ. All right. All right. So that's. That, so, so my point is, this book, rather than explicitly laying things out in a sort of logical, 
Fashion gives us visions of how things are going to unfold that need to be interpreted. Now, by the way, there's, there's a lot of agreement too about some things. I mean, in broadly speaking, there's a lot of agreement, so I don't want you to think, you know, everything is just kind of up for grabs. It's not, amen?